Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Everybody, please be safe out there. And if you don't have to get on them roads, don't get on them roads. We did it for you because we're a show for the people. All right, there you go. So we'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. Keep you updated with all the goings on uh, with the uh, I don't know, snow. It's so snowmageddon happening here in the ATX. But in the meantime, we got Texas men's basketball to get to. We'll talk about their big win coming up over the Baylor Bears. We'll also get to a Texans Tuesday brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light. Texans are zeroing in on a head coaching candidate for their vacancy. We also will talk about the Big 12 football schedule, which has also been released. The Dallas Cowboys have already started interviewing candidates for their OC vacancy. We'll talk about that coming up in the show as well, and we'll get into a lot of other news, notes, and nuggets from the sports world. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but it's time to forego the 40 acres and chase his, just chase his dream and the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for him, it's a breeze. Mike Hardball Hart. What's going on, my man? What's up, people of Austin? I'm just a little cold out there, my it's brother. Freezing it out there, very, man. very cold. You got your out big there. coat though. I did bring my big you coat. Big people coat, so you people good. wanted to see it, so mm-hmm. we posted a picture last night. And my man Rod said, mm-hmm. "I didn't know who wore it better, Costanza or Hard." Man, the Gore-Tex. To, the Gore-Tex. <laughs> but I had to stay warm. <laughs> Let me talk about my boy that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H Town with the Get Down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime Longhorn and, of course, Hall of Famer Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the listeners. My man and yours, Rod Babers. I appreciate the intro, as always. That's not to waste any time introducing the real MVP. He is the idealionaire on the show, one of the hardest-working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know that he's underpaid. The Patrick Davis. How you doing, Patrick? Doing good, doing good. We all made it on a Tuesday? Yeah, made everybody it made Tuesday. it good. How was the drive for everybody? How was your drive, Patrick? I, you know, I made it. You made it? <laughs> I made it. <laughs> made it? Good. Car, the nose kept pointing forward, so that's good. No shenanigans. No shenanigans on mine. That's good. Yeah. I heard, uh, yeah, Craig Way was telling his story coming in. Ooh. It sounded, it sounded bad. He said he saw yeah. a car that was kind of flip, flipped over at one point, and then saw some other crazy stuff. But he was on the road much earlier. So for those who were on the road much earlier, um, hope you were safe. But anybody who uh, can't avoid the roads, avoid it. Uh, hard you, your drive, okay? Yeah, it was okay. It was yeah. a little nervous and hairy right at the very beginning. But as mm-hmm. I started getting closer here. That meant that everybody else was at home. So yeah. I had a little bit of room to roam a That's little good. bit. That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Don't take the chance if you don't have to. Uh, my wife is, <laughs> she's crazy. She she ran into random survival mode. I just asked her because she has <laughs> an all-wheel drive. So I was like, hey, babe, can I borrow your car? You got an all-wheel drive. It'll be easier. She's like, oh, no. I already equipped it for you. And I'm like, what are you talking about <laughs> equipped it for me? She's like, no, no. I put weights in the back. There are weights in the back. And I put some of the, the water. So I got basically cases of water in the back. In case and crates in the back. Wrong. And she's like, yeah. In case, in case you gotta sleep in the car, you should wear you should wear warm socks. And I'm like, hold up, what what are you envisioning happening to me? Like, did you someone cut the brakes up, on the cars? This is someone like, who grew up north. Yeah, she grew so up she's she's used to. Yeah, yeah. All the time, you you basically you 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 plan on worst case scenario when you go sure. out and it's doing a winter storm. She's like, oh, yeah. so she got 
Oh man, dude, I have a I have a urination jar in there. He has that in the car. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not joking. She, it is a, it was a. I made her a sandwich today, and we ran out of pickles. And I'm sorry, the pickles were out because I I used them on her sandwich. And then I threw the the pickle jar away. She's like, no, no, that would be a good urination jar for you <laughs> in case you get stuck. And I'm like, same what? color. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? What is going on? She's like, yeah, yeah, give it to me. Yeah. She put it's in the car. I swear. Oh, yeah. And then she put and I got in the car and I was driving, looked in the back seat. There's like a big comforter like a big like comforter hey, back just there just in case man just in case you gotta be comfortable she got water there. in there got peanuts she said like, you might need something to snack on like, you prepare man I, I, I am prepared she's, I mean she's, she's thinking either, we're having an apocalypse she's either the best wife ever appearing for the snow apocalypse or she's planning on something really bad happening and she <laughs> did something duplicitous like did something with the car that, that, right? that would have that would have puzzled me too like, like what you got it prepared she's got it prepared what are you doing she's got to eat the waste in the back of the car and because you know in case you fishtail and all that so yeah, uh, yeah wifey tried to That's take awesome. care of me yeah, she's I am a little Pacific worried Northwest. now I got some Altoids and half a bottle of water. I don't know hey, if I'm gonna make hey, it. Hey, I'll share my peanuts. <laughs> I got some. I got some trail mix that's sitting in the car <laughs> and some sunflower seeds. Hey, I got some water. Your boys got two cases in the car. No BS. So I will hook y'all up. Appreciate in case that. It all goes down. But uh, yeah, wifey was a uh, yeah. She was a little paranoid. But uh, don't need to be that paranoid. Just make sure you're taking care of yourself. All right, Specs text line five one two three three seven three seven seven six. That is the number to the Specs text line. Um, hopefully, you're texting us from the house and from somewhere safe. We will. Get Get to the big pro and warm and warm. There yes, you go. thank you very much. Oh, I love that this is hot cocoa weather. I was also upset. I left the house and wife wifey was drinking cocoa in the yep. middle of the day. There you go. With marshmallows. Yeah, I was jealous. That's how it goes. She said, like, "You want me man. to pack you some cocoa?" I said, "No, I can't drink cocoa at work. <laughs> I can't, I can't drink. It's no, it's no place for cocoa." At, uh, the, at the workplace? There might have been. Let me see. Did you uh, drink some yeah, Maybe so. Maybe. I, if you I put it in one of them Yetis, you'd have been all right. That's what she was going to do. She's going <laughs> yeah. to keep it warm. And I was like, oh, no, I need my you. marshmallows. I got a whole little ritual. Oh, <laughs> uh, you got a routine. Yeah, with the, with the cocoa. You got a whole little ritual there. I like um, it. All right, let's get to some stuff here. Sorry, I'm just randomly ranting here. No, people uh, love it. Man, all right, let's get to uh, some Texas basketball. We'll get to Texas uh, football and the Big 12 football schedule release. Top of the four, top of the six. We promise you that. Uh, let's get to Texas men's basketball. I think we're all... Uh, uh, really excited and happy for Texas with a bounce back win. Um, hell of a job by them, 76-71. And it was one of those games where, you know, they went back and forth. I do think Texas asserted themselves asserted themselves early in this game mm-hmm. and they were able to hold on. And then I love the way they performed in clutch time. We'll get to that. Marcus Carr uh, and him coming up clutch. Uh, he only had five points and uh, two field goals, but he had the one that might have mattered most, uh, and it was really clutch in clutch time. We'll get to that, but Timmy Allen, I think, is where I want to start uh, this discussion. First win, for, by the way, for Baylor since 20, uh, win for Texas over Baylor, I should say, since 2018-19 season, so that's big, uh, but Timmy Allen's performance was huge for Texas. He's mm-hmm. the one that really kind of started them out. Uh, he was the creator and distributor even early on for Texas. Uh, ended up with 18 points, but 7 of 10 from the field uh six rebounds four assists i mean timmy allen really did uh on both ends of the floor by the way because he actually had to defend uh, a lot of times he was uh, defending keontae george yep and uh, keontae george who ended up i think with 17 overall or uh, but he yep. did it on 18 shots yep. so they made him highly inefficient and a lot of that was also Timmy Allen. So I think Timmy Allen's leadership in this game and his poise in this game was huge for Texas. Oh, no doubt about it. And when we left yesterday, that was one of the players that we talked about. 
let's make sure that Timmy Allen gets going. Uh, 17 points is the number that I always look for him, 15 to 17 points all the time. If he's in that range, that means things are cooking. But the thing that I liked about him the most was his aggressive style early in the game. He was more aggressive. He wasn't waiting for the game. And I think that was the message that everybody went with because of what what happened in Tennessee. We talked about it uh, yesterday as well, talking about how he looked inefficient, didn't get himself really in that flow of the offense. Well, yesterday, every time he touched the ball, his mindset was let's get to the basket. And if he couldn't, he was looking for guys cutting to the basket, hitting the, making the right play, and setting everybody else up. The other part of it is Serge Barry Rice, man. Serge Barry Rice is that dude. He's, he's proven totally to agree. be that guy. Like He's been patient early in the, in the season trying to figure out his role on the team. Now he's to the point where I feel comfortable. I'm jacking that thing up when it comes to me. I, I know what, what I am now on this team, and I'm going to play it to the best of my ability, and that's exactly what he's been doing. He had a great game again. This yeah. is two games in a row. With 20-plus. With 20-plus, where yeah. he balled. Off the bench. I'm not yeah. I'm not sure if there's about a sixth man in the Big 12 no. coming off the bench. No, and I mean, those threes are big because Baylor kept slipping back into zones. Yep. And they were trying different formations of zones and everything else to try and stop Texas from being able to get in that mid-range and just, you know, t- Timmy Allen going in the mid-range and kept hitting big twos that they couldn't Lost play defense and the get, they couldn't get a run going. Timmy mid-range. Yeah, Timmy mid-range. <laughs> but those Jabari Rice threes were huge because those are just zone killers mm-hmm. when you can shoot over the top of a zone. But I'll tell you one thing I was really impressed with. is coming in early, and I talked about Flo Thamba yesterday, but – I. The game plan defensively to basically really try and ball deny Keontae George to not let him get the ball and then constantly play this switch defense Mm -hmm. and having help defenders cut across when the man's rolling to the basket Mm -hmm. so that passes were not being able to be thrown inside. And so we did see a couple of threes get open because, you know, you had so many moving pieces to prevent the layups. But knowing, hey, man, we don't have that rim protector. We're not going to be able to stop them if they get the ball inside. So we have to basically try and keep the ball on the perimeter and then play them super tight on the perimeter. Yeah. yeah. And they knew that Baylor didn't have the speed to be rushing past them and getting to the basket. So you can play a different mm-hmm. style that, like, against uh, uh, Noel for Kansas State, you can't do that. Or that dude's going to just eat you alive driving to the hoop all day long. Yeah. But against a Baylor, their guys are not necessarily speed guys. Mm-hmm. They're three-point shooters. So you can really get up on him. So that defensive game plan, the intensity, how much they came out after, you know, you were on the road on Saturday playing a non-conference opponent, mm-hmm. you lose, to come out with that intensity and in the game plan and and basically execute the whole game to where you were never dominant, but you also you controlled that game I agree for, for, for pretty much 40 minutes. Yep. yep. It was kind of the opposite of the Tennessee game. I was saying Tennessee yeah. game. Tennessee controlled it most of the game, and I'm with you, Patrick. I think uh, Texas uh, for most of the game, even though uh, Baylor made their runs and made their run yep. at the end, and I love the way Texas responded to that run by Baylor. Uh, you know, basically in the final what two minutes, uh, Texas hit uh, what six 
free throws, yep. end up being yeah, clutch big. free throws. Serge Jabari, baby. Oh, he. I mean, he is. He, He's just, pure. If, if, do they do they have a six man of the year award in college basketball? Is that a thing? I don't think it's that. I think okay. there is some stuff some for stuff it. Like, there man, is something if, for if it. If there was, dude, he should be in the running for it. He's been fantastic. Uh, and, they, and I love the way they kept stating you last night. He is a six starter. That's basically all yeah. he is. Yeah. They well, understand and that. And if you look at what Baylor's lineup is, is they have that really powerful three-guard lineup. And I think that you needed to have – you had Timmy Allen kind of going in there and playing against it as well. But it meant that with Timmy Allen, when you rotate Timmy Allen out, you pretty much keep three good guards that are athletic and can play defense on the court almost the whole game. And that was huge, especially Marcus Carr gets in foul trouble a little bit early. And so you're like, all right, Marcus Carr's got to say out. we got to try and play a little bit smarter. It was really big that he's able to step up and have that extra guard that can play at a really, really high level when you know, hey, man, they got three of the best in the conference. We're going to have to figure out a way to play against them. Yeah. Yeah. They do have six men of the year in the Big 12. They have it in every yep. league. Okay. Well, so. I mean, winner, my man's, my winner, man, unanimous. Yeah, he's, he's, right now, he's definitely, I would say, a front runner for it. Yeah. I mean, double digit. You're talking about he's the first reserve player uh, in in the in the Big Twelve, I should say, yeah. with back to back twenty plus point games this season. So and, he's definitely right there in the in the front. And I think he's almost near the top in free throw percentage as oh, well. Yeah, he's got to be because he's one of the best free throw shooters. One of the clutch time free throw shooters on the University of Texas basketball team. When he goes to the free throw line, it just seems like he understands what this is all about. Feels like his his heart rate slows down and he's just right where he needs mm-hmm. to be and under control there. And it's big. And and I got a chance to really pay attention to Coach Rodney RT yesterday and the way and the emotion in which he was coaching. And there was a couple plays where I thought both coaches we're going to end up getting teed up hmm. because the refereeing was so suspect at the very beginning of the game that it was like, look, I understand letting them play, and I I can appreciate this, but I also see where somebody's going to get hurt, hit really hard, and you're going to turn it into a brawl. It happens way too many times. I would much rather a referee get control of the game early and that, that set the tone that way because if you start just letting people run around and getting after it like that and hitting each other like wild, I've seen it get where it, somebody loses their cool and composure. And I thought both coaches did a good job of being in the referee's ear but not picking up technicals because I thought it was a couple times it was really, really close for mm-hmm. both teams to pick up technical fouls. Yeah, no, the intensity definitely ratcheted up, especially uh, there in the second half when things got tight. But like I said, that's why I love that how Texas responded. Uh, and it was the defensive intensity yes, for Texas. It was. Uh, because they were allowing um, too much, uh, uh, I would say, on the per- perimeter. Yep. Uh, too many perimeter threes early on in that game. And, I mean, it was for, I think, uh, Craig Way gave the stat. It's a great stat. I'll make sure I get it right. Baylor hit five of their first six three-pointers, and then they hit only three of their last 20. Yeah, they show, they slowed down a little bit. That's a you know great stat. As, yeah. a, as yeah. a phenomenal stat to show you that w- how Texas decided, you know, not to swing in the pendulum, and it was their defensive intensity uh, to force uh, Baylor into taking tough, tougher shots on the perimeter. They still took them, yeah, still by took the way, them. Yeah. Uh, but they were tougher shots on the perimeter. Well, and it was a lot of it was trying to cut down ball movement. You were trying to get into passing lanes, 
and just make Baylor because Baylor's a good team to not turn the ball over. Yeah. But part of that means they're not making those risky passes where a guy is wide open for three, but you kind of got to thread the needle to get there. And Texas was just able to have a really good game plan of being in the right place in between while guys were able to catch back up and get back on their guys. And some of those threes you saw, they were getting screens early, and Texas just wasn't coming through those screens right. They weren't calling out, being talking enough. Uh, once they got that down, it became a lot easier for them. And it, I mean, I thought it, just the game plan coming out in the first half, coming out in the second half was really good. And then the guard play. I know Marcus Carr didn't score a lot in that game, but his defense was superb. Tyler uh, Turner was the same way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyree Jones was inefficient, but yeah. it's his defense that yes. they needed in that game. Exactly. And so you go, those guard plays are like, man, you needed that in that game. And then uh, the bigs did exactly what they were supposed to do and coming out. And it's not easy for a Dylan DeSue or a Christian Bishop or any of those to come out and always switch out and double team and mm-hmm. basically present the ball and leave your guy to run to the basket and trust there's other guys and then try and switch back. And then you're waiting and trying to watch the play and make switches. Like, there's just a lot of stuff going on in that defense last night, and they all did a really good job to not let it get out of control more times than it did. There will be a few times there will be a missed assignment or something would happen, but I overall was just really happy with the game plan. And so now you go, hey, man, you got you got a long week now <laughs> to game plan for the next one. Yeah. yeah. But you're, you're going to have to. You got a game plan for two essentially. Well, you do. you get to watch them both tonight, by the way. Great you do, but hey, man, yeah. you really need to come back out and show K-State that last one was a fluke. Yeah, because it was it, – I mean, technically, if you look back at that K-State game, both teams played well. K-State just shot lights out. Yeah, exactly. That's not, that's not normal. No, and, and that was Baylor at the beginning of this yeah. game was hitting threes that I was like, that is not – like, that's not – you can't – Yeah, you can't sustain and that You right can't there. sustain that. And then, of course, they couldn't. Yeah. And the defense got better, and they could not sustain just continually hitting threes. I really did. And Kante George did in the second half. You knew they were going to feature him a lot more. Yeah. Because you saw at Man. the end of the first half, he – they were basically – Scott Drew basically said, like, you they're playing good defense – I get that we don't want to just put the ball in his hands, but just put the ball in his hands. Right. Make because him he make is, plays. He is elite, He's got man. a green light. That place was packed with scouts. Yeah. we saw. I saw Mitch Kupchak walking out. Yeah. Wow. We were like, when you're when general managers are showing up at the game, not man. just scouts. That's crazy. That yeah, will tell you, you that that guy's, that guy's going to be a top 10 pick in the draft. Yeah. When you text us, you were like, uh, there's legit. a lot of scouts in oh, here Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. a lot. But... So, Keontae George, but I tell you that, he did not help his draft stop taking that three at the end. Oh, my goodness. He that, was I mean, barely got across. He, I guess he thinks he's his dame time? Yeah. Like he's a dame. He, he's like, he's, I like Steph Curry a lot. I'm like, man, yeah, I'm going was, right out there. I, I just think the timing. Of, we know that he is the kind of guy that can hit those shots, of course. So, for him, it's not as bad a shot as it is for most players. Yep. But the timing of that shot, man, you could have well, got a better shot at that time. And the funnier time. part is. You no, know you could have got. He, if you're going to take a three, you could have got a better shot. It was still defended. Yeah, like he could have gone in and taken the same shot six feet closer because it was still defended. Yeah, it Texas, wasn't like it was wide open. And Texas was doing a good job of picking up Baylor well yeah. beyond the three point line because they knew that yeah. they knew, and they also wanted to make sure they weren't able to, uh, you know, use like basically go quicker. Mm. They wanted them to have to use every second of the clock. Yeah, and so they if you get on a guy, then now he's not necessarily sure, but. Keontae George said, well, well, I'll just shoot this one real quick, and then we'll get it. You're like, no, man, that's 
That I'm is a open. freshman move. He's always, I'm always open. I'm uh, but open he is, as soon I, as I come across the court. Yeah, he's really impressive. But I love that, uh, you know, Coach Rodney Terry, RT, he yeah. did challenge Timmy Allen. Um, here's the quote from Rodney Terry. Uh, quote, the challenge was for Timmy to go out and guard a pro right now. Um, he's going to be guarding pros next year. We need to have him uh, give us his best tonight, and I thought he did that. Uh, when they talked to Timmy Allen about guarding uh, Keontae George, he said, I just tried to make him earn shots. I'll take tough ones, um, but if he makes it cool, head down, next play, make him work. Uh, make him run, make him sweat, make him get frustrated, try to get up on him a little. Um, but credit to him, he still got it going. But they yeah. frustrated him early on. But I'll give Timmy Allen a ton of credit, both ends of the floor, man. He had a hell of a game. I really thought he set the tone. Um, so sure. Jabari Rice ended up having 21 points, but 15 of those came in the second half. But in terms of setting the tone early, I thought Timmy Allen did a great job. And you're right, it's the mid-range game. And he's uh, I saw a stat. I'll give uh, Hook'em Headlines credit because I, I swear I saw it. He's shooting 58% now on mid-range shots in the yeah. last six games. It's a lost art, man. The dude is mid-range Timmy, man. I'm telling Timmy you. mid-range. That's where you want to be because of the simple fact everybody thinks that the three is the shot and because analytics told you that. If you can hit that mid-range, it's like Chris Paul. Chris Paul gets to that spot anytime he wants to and he knocks it down. That's the amazing part about it. And another thing that I was noticing yesterday with Timmy, he was catch, he was catching the ball with an identity of where he wanted to go, where everything he wanted to go and what he wanted to do was happening right at that mm-hmm. time. I was very so. impressed with the way that he played last night. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. We I, what it, um, I think one of, I think it was a female listener called him Timmy Tourniquet. Timmy Can Tourniquet. always stop yeah. stop, the, stop bleeding. the bleeding. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. but that was the thing is I think there was a three minute drought in that game at one point where. It well, was both Timmy. teams were on the drought at one point. Well, oh, it was yeah. Timmy who came in, and it was like, it, you know, you get it to nine, and then it's seven, then it's five, and then it's four, and then Timmy hits a big shot. And it wasn't that he's doing mm-hmm. anything big, but that difference between two points and four points and four points and six, those all matter a lot yeah. of how you can play defense, how you can get in, because as soon as it's tied, it's a, it's a game changer, and they just never really let them get all the way back in that game. Crowd was great. We yep. take it to see uh, – you know, Jabari Rice and Timmy Allen really trying to get the crowd up because they're just like, hey, man, y'all forgot? I, I know I know it's cold out, but come on now. <laughs> hey, did, okay, you were there, Patrick, obviously, and you've been there for all these home games. You're working, but you're also there as a fan. Did they turn up the volume? Yeah. What? Because on the TV, I was like, my, my, my girl was like, do they loud. have that as uh, the break music for their in and outs? I was like, no, baby, that's the music in the movie. Ooh, uh, no. I don't know why it's so, so loud. So at the beginning <laughs> of the season, it was really loud. And apparently people complained about it and stuff. And you were like, yeah, it's a bit much. It's a bit like, it can be loud, but you can turn it down a little bit. And then they turned it down a lot. You were like, all right, whatever. It's not It's not bad, but it's, yeah. you know, you can probably turn it back up a little bit. And then whoever walked in now <laughs> said, hey, man, the beginning of the year was nothing. <laughs> and it is ear splitting. And then there's, a, there's one thing they play. Where it's the from Anchorman Brick going loud noises, yeah, yeah. and loud then they noises. just like horns and stuff. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to do a broadcast here, guys. No. Yeah. Seriously, you know, Jeff House says he's going to bring earplugs from now on. Well, oh, no, funny. And, and, well, you here's work. the fun part. And I was like, I, I have, feel you. I have microphones and headphones on, so oh, I, it's magnified. And so you're, I'm sitting here. We're trying to listen to studio updates and get figure out when we're coming back, and we can't hear. That is crazy. We can't hear them like yeah. coming back. It, it's absurd how loud it gets in there, which is great at points. But you're like, you know what? It really needs to be loud is when Baylor's on offense. We're playing defense, <laughs> right, right. and we need to get it loud with authentic people yelling. 
in the timeouts, I don't think we need it to be this loud. Yeah, yeah. man. It, the music is. I, it's, I, I, I was like, man, I'm just old. I'm not going to complain because I feel no, old yeah, complaining no, about how right. loud the music no, and is. It's, and it's the thing is, it should be loud. It should be louder than it was for like the stretch. I think when the students were out, it got pretty quiet. And I'm, I'm like, it could be louder than that. But there's a happy medium. Between this, and there was it was so loud the other game the the public address announcer's mic was feeding back. Yeah, no doubt because it was so loud that it, it couldn't even do this thing it was designed to do. <laughs> Come on, man. I know it is. I know on television it's loud. Yeah, so it was, I know it was, it's loud. It was a lot. Chris Button she even tweeted out today. She said, uh, "Dear Moody Center." I would like to have my hearing back. Thank you. She's covering the game for ESPN, and she can't even hear. Yeah, no, yeah, trying yeah. to do those and they cover a lot of games. Yes, so it's, yes. it is loud. I wonder if CDC. It should make it like a smart, like a smart house or something, where CDC can have an app on his phone where he could turn, it, turn it down, down a little bit. Yeah, just yeah. scroll up. Yeah, just scroll down. down. Yeah, that might be a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, this was a female listener, number seventeen. She says, "Timmy Tourniquet, a simple tool with big impact, the good kind of tool." Yeah. There it is. Uh, yeah, you go. We there like that. Is. No question. Uh, all right, there is some breaking news. A bunch. Do we want the sounder? What? There's, there's yeah, two of them. Get, yeah, let's get breaking news. There's, there's, two, there's, there's, there's two breaking. Ooh, there's the first two one. Let's get it. All right, this is not breaking bad news. This is breaking good news. Uh, Adam Schefter is reporting that Sean Payton to the Denver Broncos is uh, in process of being a finalized deal. Yep. All right. And, Rahard, you ready for the other breaking news? Yes. Since we're about to have Texans Tuesday, yeah. D'Amico Ryans has just now been named head coach of the Houston Texans. Six-year deal. Six-year deal. That's not that one. Not that one year. I'm just worried about it. D'Amico That's Ryans. another brother getting a job hey. in Houston. That hey. may Rob, not hey, stick hey, Rob B. called it. Hey, right in time for Black History Month. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Rob B. called it. Yeah, I did say I, I said I, I I think you should go to Miko Ryan's, but I'll say the, I was big on that one too. Yeah, I loved point, it. The point Patrick made, I think, is well. Uh, it's also something that's well stated that he, in terms of the the credibility with the community, Absolutely. which you have lost. You nope. lost a fan, literally. Like we got a guy here who you, it was a Texans fan who is no longer a fan because Whoa, he got so fed up and frustrated. Are you back? Uh, oh. You know what? We're gonna be looking at this draft. We're gonna be looking at this draft. <laughs> Wow! I like it. We might get. I like it. You might get him back. You might get him back. Wow! Let me put it this way: I loved D'Amico Ryan's when he played for the Texans. I Uh, think I was a big fan of him when he played for the Texans. All right, I think I'm gonna actually switch up my Rod's round the day. Then let's do do it it on D'Amico Ryan's. All right, we come back. Texans Tuesday. We'll get into Texans Tuesday. Also, Cowboys interviewing candidates for their OC job. Uh, Might be some more breaking news. We'll get into that. And also, Sean Payton to the Denver Broncos. All of that more right here on Ball Don't Lie. One four nine the horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. That's when we play jams. I reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. And, uh, man, Michael Jackson, Jackson Jackson 5 have made appearances (laughs) on top of the charts Tuesday before. I'm almost sure of it. Uh, But, yeah, Jackson 5, man, those little kids used to jam. No doubt. It's still jams. I got some Jackson 5 on my phone right now. Oh, it's almost like they were jamming for their health. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, uh, Jay, Joe Jackson. Hey you man. ain't never seen me beat them kids. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bill Jackson was a hard man. He was. He was a hard man. Uh, we got some random uh, Jackson-related news coming up later on and off the record. I, did you did you plan this? You plan this? I did not. I know. P- top of the charts Tuesday is usually picked before the uh, beginning of the well week. Well, then we got some Jackson-related news coming like up. It. So that's coming up and off the record at four forty-five. All right, let's get to the big news of the day. Texans Tuesday brought to you by good friends at Bud Light. So shout out to Bud Light, um, and also shout out to the Texans because uh, my man Harge told you last segment it is official. The Texans have uh, decided to hire D'Amico Ryan's as their new head coach. He was the former defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, but remember he started his. His uh, professional career uh, with the Houston Texans and became a great player with the Texans and um, moved on to the coaching ranks with the 49ers um, and was most recently uh, the defensive coordinator uh, two years ago after Robert Sala decided to leave mm-hmm. to go to the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And since then, they've had, uh, I believe last year, they were a top five defense. This year, they were the number one defense in the NFL. I, I said it uh, when they were narrowing down choices and even interviewing with Sean Payton and I said it during the season. I said, man, the Texans need to start looking at D'Amico Ryan's. Yep. I said, I don't know what the, the issue is. They need to zero in on him and at least look at him. I didn't say hire him at the time because I didn't, you know, I didn't done the due diligence. I don't know if he was uh, considered a guy adequate enough uh, to really deal with the dumpster fire and the dysfunction of the Texans more so than anything. Not an indictment on him. Uh, but the Texans decided, you know, no, he's the guy. And Nick Casario, I'm assuming, is still going to keep his you know, job and duties as the GM because he's going to need a lot of help because he's never been a head coach. And my biggest question, I got two questions for D'Amico Ryans. My two biggest questions will be, who's your offensive coordinator? That's number one. Yep. Um, Number two is, who's your assistant head coach? Because you've never had um, head coaching experience before. And I think you may want to bring on a guy who's been a head coach before to help you with all the kind of logistical stuff that you have to deal with. And who's the quarterback coach? I want to know what that's going to be too. Yeah, that's important because you're gonna you're gonna draft the franchise quarterback. Yeah, this is your future. This yeah. is your this is it. You got a six year deal. You need to make this work within them six years mm-hmm. because we already know you got a high quality defense. You talked about it. You got number two, and I believe you have number twelve in the in this draft coming up. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that, or is it twenty three? It's one of those. But you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing. And I'm I'm with you. I was saying that yesterday. I thought for sure I would go after I would make uh, uh, Eric Bieniemy say no, but I'm going back to what you said. You definitely need a head coach on your staff, a former head coach on your staff to kind of help you with all that stuff. But then again, you might have been sitting there and taking all the notes you possibly can because of the staff that you've been on prior to. You've learned a lot from there too, so you might be able to handle your due diligence that way. But I'm excited for that. I think this is a big move for the Texans, and I think what you said uh, a little bit yesterday, Rod, the bad blood that you had for the city. The city was looking at the entire organization like, what are we doing? They stopped coming to games. Patrick left them, and now they got an opportunity to get the city back behind them. And I thought the biggest endorsement yesterday was when I saw J.J. Watt post a picture of him and D'Amico together. Hmm. That's where I knew. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. It is. It's happening. Yeah. It is happening. <laughs> this is what it's all about. So, and he's a class act. What do you want for your representation of your company? I mean, you want somebody that's going to be the face of your business that's 
reputable, and he is definitely that person. He He's well-respected amongst the league, and I, I bet you there's not a lot uh, – there will be a lot of people that give him a call and say, I would love to be a part of your first staff for the Houston Texans because they see it. There's talent. You brought it up. You got two bookend tackles that are there for you, so you got some guys that are going to put in the work. We just talked about the defense and the young up-and-coming talent that you have. You got a potential lockdown cornerback – that is there mm-hmm. in Stingley, and you got Jalen Petrie, who's a heat-seeking missile. You got some talent over there, man. They this do. could turn around pretty quick. I'm not saying they're going to win the division or anything like that right away, but they got pieces. They got a lot of pieces. Yeah, and they got a $37 million in cap space mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to work with as well, and you brought up the draft picks. I mean, they got, they'll have 12 total picks. They got six picks in the top 103 picks. They got two first-round picks. I mean, they have a lot of draft capital, and they have a lot of salary cap room. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of uh, building blocks in place, potentially, yep. for Nick Casario and for D'Amico Ryans. How he builds the coaching staff, that's the next thing uh, for him. But he's got a really good coaching tree that's from, from Shano's coaching tree, from right. Kyle Shanahan. So he can pluck from probably Robert Sala's staff, Mike McDaniel, mm-hmm. probably, you know, obviously the San Francisco staff there as well. <clears throat> so he's got roots, and as you talked about, he's well liked, so yeah. that's a and big part. For, yeah, the coaching staff, and don't forget the salary cap news came out yesterday. Yeah, it went up, so now it says that the Texans currently have thirty. I mean, forty million dollars in mm. cap space now. So yeah. this is that's going to be huge. Yeah, I mean they got they got enough salary cap room to sign some free agents, but yep. because they're the way they're building, their free agents. It's going to be interesting to see how they approach free agency. Uh, because they're not in a win-now mode. Right. They're in a rebuilding mode. Uh, so I, w- I would love to see exactly how they're going to approach it. I probably would spend my money on lines of scrimmage in mm-hmm. free agency if I was them and just how to help my quarterback. I'd probably just build it around helping the quarterback. If I don't have weapons for them, I'd bring in some weapons for a young quarterback, and your offensive lines already got your bookend tackles I might bring in help on the offensive line to protect my young quarterback. Well, here's some potential uh, free agents that are out there right now. I'm just going to go with wide receiver. I'm not going to talk about quarterback because of the fact they're going to be able to draft the quarterback that they want, so I'm not even going to go there. Juju Smith-Schuster, Jacoby Myers, Darius Slayton, DJ Chalk, Alan Lazard, Paris Campbell, Markel Hardman, Nelson Aguilar, Mac uh, Hollins, who used to be with the Raiders, uh, Jarvis Landry, and Odell Beckham Jr. are potential uh, free agents at the wide receiver position. I don't like any of those guys. And then you look at the tight end <laughs> position, potential uh, Dalton Schultz, Evan Ingram, Mike uh, Jaminski, Jawan Johnson, Irv Smith, Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper, Robert Tunyon, Jordan Atkins, Foster Monroe, and Don uh, Donald Parfman. Yeah, all those guys are really worth long-term, uh, ac- you know, acquisition. So yeah. I can see him doing what he's done. Actually, the last two years he's been there, just signing a lot of one-year and two-year deals with guys. And Deontay Foreman's a free agent too, by the Deontay way. Deontay Foreman might be a nice pickup. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you want to run the rock. Yep, that'll protect your young quarterback. Mm-hmm. That might be a nice pickup. And he'd come cheap. He'd yep. be really cheap. Yeah, but yep. I'm assisting with Damian Pierce. Is a yep. good. Pound it's a good rock. one-two punch right there. Yeah, yep. and you know Damian Pierce. I mean, that's the problem. Last year he just wore down. Hit, mm-hmm. hit the rookie wall. He used him too much. Yeah, and I mean, and then it's remember if if Mechie is able to come back and play, uh, he's a guy that just has been out this entire year with leukemia. But if he is able to come back and be at a and play at a high level again, then you're basically adding another top wide receiver. 
So there's a lot of pieces. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Mengchi. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot mm-hmm. of pieces that are kind of there but not underutilized. And then it comes to the question of Brandon Cooks. Do you keep Brandon Cooks to keep a veteran, or is he part of the old regime and you may want to move on and you try and trade him and get more picks yeah. and bring in more young guys? And go, you hey, know man. you'll get a first-rounder for him. <laughs> <laughs> his, well, tra- his track record will let well, you know well, you'll get a first-rounder for him. <laughs> well, unless you're Bill O'Brien. <laughs> unless you're Bill O'Brien. That's right. That's right. Screw it up or Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> also true now. This is also true now. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I, uh, I'm i with you. I, I don't I, I let Brandon Cooks go. I, let's just move on. Well, because, well, yeah, he's he's It's, he's, it's he's dead mopey. weight at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's yeah, mopey. If, if he was going to help you build a great culture because the leadership yep. didn't bring him back, but that, he did. you thought he was going to be that guy, and he wasn't that guy. Yep. Yeah. He actually was more disruptive than constructive, so I, yeah. I'd be done with him. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Texans uh, have hired a head coach, D'Amico Ryans. His biggest question, though, who's your OC, man? And I love Harge's suggestion yesterday. I think it's money. Yep. Go get Eric Go get him. And and tell Eric Bieniemy and give him the same spiel that I've been giving the people about him, dude. You're never gonna be a head coach there with Andy Reid. If you if you don't want to ever be a head coach, stay with Andy Reid. Absolutely. And stay there because there's safety there. But if you want to be a head coach, you gotta roll the dice on yourself. I'm willing to take a chance on you. Come to the Texans. You'll call the plays. We'll draft you a young, a great young quarterback. Bring all that great, you know, uh, conceptual knowledge from the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid to the Texans. Let's go. And then let's prove to the world, oh, he was calling the plays. Right, right. That's what what <laughs> we've already been told forever. Well, and he did say he was calling the play. <laughs> but now I know he's calling the play. He did de- help develop a multiple-time MVP finalist quarterback from a rookie. Right. And nobody's giving him credit nobody's for Nobody's giving yeah. him credit and that, for That's him. why you say he's in, he's in the coaching friend zone. Like, he'll never be a head coach. He'll just be what he is right now unless he leaves the, the Kansas City Chiefs and proves to the world, oh, he was calling plays mm. there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I you, Andy Reid. I, I, I don't know why I thought Andy Reid was a liar. He <laughs> was a liar being dishonored. But nobody believes Andy Reid that he's calling plays. No. He's got to go prove that elsewhere. He's just trying to hook him up. He's just looking out for just him. Look That's at, all he's, he's looking out for a yeah, brother. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, he's not going yeah. to just lie and make that up. But apparently people think he's yeah, making it up. Don't worry. He'd come to the text and everybody be like, I think Casario's on the headset. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Casario's staying on that headset. Oh, that is, That's that why is, he hired Demigo Ride. He's like, Exactly hey, right. Demi gonna be on the headset. He's like, hey, you can do whatever you want to do, hey, boss. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's yeah. let's talk about the years guaranteed. Yeah. How about we how about we start at six? For real, six? Yeah, you're right then about you that. Then you can be on the headset. Uh, yeah, they got. You know what? He's got probably more job security early on than most co- first year coaches. Oh yeah, because they are coming off back to back one and dunce and back to back black one and dunce. You can't go back to back to back. Black, what it does, and you fired you fired everybody's grandpa. You know what I'm saying? Both coaches yeah. were somebody's grandpa. It was, yeah. And yeah. And the reason I'm bringing up the black thing is because the NFL still does have a, a discrimination lawsuit against it. Oh yeah, and well, they just uh, of former and current coaches. I was going to say, and it just got it just got intensified when they hired Frank Reich and not Steve Wilkes. Yeah, he hasn't joined it yet. His, his, his his lawyer, lawyer has threatening started it. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His lawyer it. has started it. Yeah. He has said that he is not like he came out and was pretty. It was very cordial, very yeah. nice, and he, thanks for the opportunity. That's a smart thing to do. That's and the why lawyer came out and was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> we coming with flames, bro. And no, they bring in receipts. Uh, yeah, uh, because wasn't the world in the street was that Kellen Moore was the runner-up? Yes. Yeah. 
So he wasn't in the run-up. That means he must have been third. I, I, well, I, yeah, he was in there. But I think they said Maybe. there was the final, the three finalists. They probably told him he was runner-up too. Everybody yeah. thinks everybody was runner-up. That you, you, oh, you was close. You, exactly. you got number seven on the question sheet on the questionnaire wrong. I was looking for a different answer on number seven. <laughs> if I was that guy, remember doing the hiring? Everybody else who didn't get a job, man, you was runner-up. Yeah, man, you was right there. You bro. was runner-up. I'm not really? at Liberty, but really? I'm, just I'm the a, I'm the quality. I'm the the <laughs> offensive quality assurance. Guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, bro, you should believe in yourself. You was runner-up. I, <laughs> yep. I thought you did great. Yeah. You worked hard, man. If you would have got number seven right, I mean, the way you worded it, I didn't right. like it. I oh, didn't yeah. like it. It's not, it's, it's not the standardized test. Yeah, it's, not, what, it's an answer test? It's an answer, answer test. Answer test. Essay, you're essay not, style? Yeah, you're not filling out Scantrons, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, the Cowboys, we'll get to that. They're interviewing Jeff Nixon. For those who are speaking of the Panthers, mm-hmm. actually, he was most recently with the Panthers as their running back coach and assistant head coach, actually. And he was the interim offensive coordinator when they fired Joe Brady, actually. Yep. He was interim OC there for a while. But he's been with the Panthers for a He did a, no doubt, a marvelous job as the running backs coach. He sure did. the Panthers. With that crew that he had? With Chuba Hubbard yep. and Deontay Foreman. Yep. Getting back to Deontay Foreman. After, after Christian McCaffrey got traded, coaching those guys up. Yeah, yeah, that was oh, that's, that's why Jerry job. likes him. Cause he got rid of the money guy, and he did it with he did hey. it with two two cheap guys. I'll yeah. take it. That's you know what that's that's, that's, that's what why you Jerry need. likes him. That's, that's what, what you the need. Cowboys though. need for sure. That is what you need. I mean, yeah. the Cowboys the Cowboys are paying Zeke what like twelve million dollars a year. I think Kansas mm-hmm. City spending like six million on their running backs alone, like total. Yep. And Philly spending like four million on their running backs total. You can combine their running back total. Yeah, uh, total allocation for their salary cap for running back, and it would still it would still not be as much as the Cowboys spend for Zeke alone by himself. Yeah, that's all. Of, yeah, that's what we do, so, man. Yes, I hope he does. Everything's big in Texas, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Including them checks. But we know that you know Jeff Nixon. Doesn't matter who he brings in as the OC right now. The world on the street is Mike McCarthy's calling the plays, and it's Mike McCarthy's offense. Yeah, you you're coming in as just someone who can um, help as a creative contributor. For the most part, uh, conceptual contributor for the most part, but it is his his offense, which I think Jerry's right for putting that kind of burden on Mike McCarthy. If you are, you know, you are the guy that you know was if the you reason, are what you say you are. If you are what you say you are, <laughs> and we know he's not because he right. lied during his interview. <laughs> but if you are the guy that helped Aaron Rodgers become an elite quarterback and help him become a Super Bowl quarterback, work that same magic on Dak. Basically, yeah. what he's saying. Yeah, get, but I, I prefer him get somebody outside of the organization. I prefer him going and get a guy like Nixon or another quarterbacks coach or another uh, offensive coordinator that did not be a part of the Dallas Cowboys system. Okay, I think that's important for me strictly because of what you said. Everybody knows the the they're not they didn't correct Dak when they were there. So why are you why are you going to be able to change it now? Go get some fresh eyes, somebody who hasn't been in that locker room with him, hadn't been in that film study with him, and try to figure out what can we do to fix what you had last year. Mm-hmm. And that's important. I think that would be the best move for the Dallas Cowboys at this time. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I, I I agree with you, actually. Go outside the organization. Go outside. If, if we're – we always say the definition of insanity – all right, mm-hmm. doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yep. You've been a too homegrown of an organization, whether Absolutely. that be with the roster and draft or even been promoting from within for the coaching staff. Yeah, go outside and get 
you know, get some someone who can have uh, an outside the box opinion on the organization because right. they haven't been a part of it. Exactly. So fresh ideas. Yeah, I'm fresh really, ideas. I I agree with that 100. percent And uh, as a Cowboys fan, I'm sure that you know you've been a little frustrated with that homegrown formula. For sure. It, it it does have its benefits, but at this point, I think the Cowboys have gotten a little. Yeah, they, they they've abused it almost. Right, because <laughs> it's, it's almost a it's it's almost to me it's a it's an easy way out for the Cowboys instead yep. of actually going to do your due diligence yep. and find the best person for the job. You just look in house and go, oh, that guy can do it. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he he's looks, like, yeah, he's he pretty, looks good in our our uniform. Yeah, he's Let's pretty good. Him. But is he the best person right. for the exactly. job? You don't know unless you go out there. And interview as many candidates as possible. 100%. Okay, let's get to the flex on the other side. Uh, Well, everything's canceled for the flex. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Uh, We do have a little bit of flex against you. We'll do that coming up right near on 104 Down the Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for our Flex segment on a Top of the Charts Tuesday, where we play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Hey, by the way, this song still jams. Yeah, and there's multiple versions. This is the Carpenter's version. Yeah. That was in one. Hey, man, shout out to the Postman who are having to work today oh, yeah. and tomorrow, Bye-bye. and everybody who's having to work today and tomorrow. Man, shout out to y'all. Shout as out a, to as us. A, as a former Postman. Man, whoever came up with that sleet nor rain nor that guy sucks. <laughs> Not a fan. That was a politician, I guarantee. Yeah, who came up with that, that was it. They're like, we say that, and I was yeah. like, when I was delivering during a hurricane, I was like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> oh man, I forget you were a postman. Yeah, I was that's, a mailman. That's My man's been everything. That is that's, uh, hey, that's pretty wild. You know what happens when you get fired in radio and you're like, I don't want to talk. To nobody. Yeah, hey, <laughs> you dude, put mail in mailboxes. No, no, another post. Uh, the uh, postmen are women, by the way. They don't. Uh, they don't walk anymore. They all ride the. Load. There is some that they are some walk. They and like certain areas. Some of them drive their town, own yeah. cars too. Yeah, I, like, I, I drive my own car. I don't think I've seen one walk in years. No, but if you go to, it's because yeah. there's certain areas where it's like. You have to Yeah, they have it in the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the people that have like to put it in the door, those areas. But there's it's much more rare. Yeah. No, it's it's still in all the training. Yeah. No, it's it's like seeing like I remember when the uh the trash men disappeared. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It used to be like a trash truck with like five or six dudes on it. They were Jumping like, off the back end like, of different They'd be like yards. a crew. They'd be hanging out, kicking it. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, what's up? How did you? And I remember the day when the, they was all gone. It was just a big truck with a big arm, automated arm, picking up trash yep. cans. And one, and one dude in there just rolling through it. I was like, I know the trash men. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Oh, man, I, saw, I saw the other day they were coming through down right near you where you live. They had a crew? They had two guys running off and pulling them up and throwing there them in. There you go. I miss those days. Yeah. These guys are working hard, though. Uh, all right. Well, I miss those days. <laughs> well, they uh, took off today. They took off today. Uh, all right. Everybody, hope they're being safe out there uh, with these uh, frigid conditions. Um, also, go check out Flex, FLXATX.com, FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. Uh, they do have basically the cancellation of all the games. That's up there for you, too. Yeah. But you can go check out uh, my man Anthony Williams has his show 
showcase. Remember, that's happening February 5th. If you need any details about the showcase, you can go to flxatx.com. Uh, remember, it's for unsigned seniors, um, high school football underclassmen, JUCO, transfer portal players. If you just need to showcase your talent, you need to get some, you know, some actual times, um, confirmed times, uh, electronic times on paper uh, for scouting purposes. Uh, you can do that. There will be eyes there uh, from different uh, level universities looking out for players to try to see if somebody pops so you can go out there uh, and enjoy enjoy it, but also you can go out there and try to showcase your talent. Uh, Sunday, February 5th, that's at Dell Valley, their indoor facility there. Mm-hmm. So uh, go check out the showcase uh, pamphlet there at flxatx.com. It'll give you all the information. Or you can go to Texas Football Showcase. Dot com. Yep. Make it easy on yourself. That's exactly right. Um, all right, uh, Flex, not much. Oh, shout out to my man. And I, I I hope this is happening, but I'm hearing Notre Dame is down here. Remember I told y'all that Notre Dame was going to start recruiting Central Texas hard? I'm hearing that's some rumors. Uh-huh. That they that they that once they're again trying your to boy. They, they're poaching. They're yeah. trying to get some of these Central Texas uh, uh, kids some of this talent. And one of the guys who was a favorite on our Flex lift is giving a shout out uh, that uh, Leonard Moore. Yup. Might be just I don't know the Notre Dame people are getting really excited about Livermore for some reason <laughs> yeah, they I don't are. know why yeah they All are right? so nothing's happened nothing official but the round rock corner I've said on this show and you guys know I've said he's the best corner in Central Texas it's in my opinion there's a lot of great players so for me to throw that out there as a blanket statement means a whole lot and he was just a junior last year he's got a whole another year and ago. he's pretty dope at wide receiver too. Pump returner too. Yeah, Made our flex team is a pump returner, yeah. and your boy pounded the table. Yeah, yeah, you did to get him on there as a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I digress. There, there are a lot of Notre Dame folks. They're now talking a lot about Leonard Moore. No they, doubt. They don't know on social media. They're talking a lot about him. Mm-hmm. I got connections up there. I did a couple of Rod's rants of the day about Marcus Freeman and how he's told boosters and donors he was coming to Texas and he was coming to Texas to take the the blue chips. The four and the five stars. And by the way, he backed it up. I was going to say. He backed it up. He doing his thing. Right he got here. Two of Westlake, yeah, he, he got two of them. He got two of one from Westlake <laughs> and the other one from Stony Point. And that's just in our he, neck of the woods. He, yeah, he knows the area. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. There is momentum for Notre Dame down here. But uh, I know a lot of Longhorn fans are always upset when one, one of the – the talented kids in the backyard end up going some, somewhere else to a blue blood or a you know a, a top institution or yeah. program. And, yeah, Notre Dame is in that conversation. No so, doubt. Uh, we'll let you know if something else happens there, but that is just uh, in the rumor mill, if you will. All right, we come back. We'll get into Big 12 football schedule being released. There's also breaking news because the Denver Broncos have traded for Sean Payton. He's going to be their next head coach. We'll give you some details on that. Also give you some details on the Texans hiring of D'Amico Ryans. Uh, we'll get into that as well. Lots of breaking news. Uh, all of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.